Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Crystal Palace Women's Show, brought to you by Eagle Eye View. We are, of course, the number one Crystal Palace Women's podcast out there, uh, hosted, by, as always, by myself, Mike, and my co-host, Phil, who gets all the credit for me. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Phil, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, um, yeah, I do get all the credit, don't I? It's great. I don't have to do much, and then everyone says, oh, thanks for doing that, and I'm thinking... Yeah, thank you. that's okay, even though I didn't do anything. So, um, yeah, I'm good, thanks. Looking forward to being back at Sutton on Sunday, actually, because it's, it's been a while, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, really looking forward to it. Yeah, no, it has been. It has, it's for like ages, actually, isn't it? Yeah. And I think the last game, was the last game London City? Was that all we played yes. since? Yeah. yeah. So I missed yeah, was, that. I suppose... Yeah, so I yeah. missed that. So it's even longer for me. It's awful. It's been awful. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, no, it's um, it's bad. I think that's the problem, isn't it, with the the way the fixtures go? Because there's so many international breaks now, but both men's and women's, there seems to be like an international break every three lots of games. That it it just feels like at times you you go for ages, and and it's going to get worse because you know we've got two home games back to back now, Lewis and Southampton, and then we don't play a league game for a month. We've got the Conti Cup as well. Um, but other than that, we don't play um, a league game for a month until December, and then we play once. That's away, and then we don't play again until January, like mid-January. So um, it's going to get really spaced out and, and rubbish. <laughs> to be honest with you, we, we want to be getting the games. Yeah, I know it's incredible, isn't it? I think there's a date in December where we could be at home if we're in, if we're drawn at home in the third round of the cup. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's league games. Yeah, it's. it's I mean, it's, it's, that's the problem with only having 12 teams in the league. It's, it causes all these gaps. And if we get knocked out of the FA Cup, which I hope we don't, of course, um, early on, then, of course, that's going to be even more gaps in the calendar. Yeah, I know. And the, the random thing is, is the, we, we, we played the Quantity Cup. It's, it's the night before my daughter's birthday in November, and like after the Southampton game, which is the Watford home one. And we don't play the final group game until January. Yeah. Like, January, it's just really bizarre. Because there's, there's games this week, because some groups have five teams in them. But that's yeah. only one extra round of games. Um, but, yeah, there's I don't know why it's such a massive gap. Very, very bizarre. Um, but, yeah, hopefully, obviously, you know, the today, didn't they, that they increased the prize money for the FA Cup. We'll mention that a bit later on. We've got a few bits and pieces yeah. to, to mention between uh, review and preview. Um, yeah. But obviously, so that, that adds even more the the benefit of getting through a couple of rounds, which, you know, really, at the end of the day, unfortunately, is, uh, even as a championship club, it's the best you can hope for, really, isn't it, is, is get through a couple of rounds and get some money in the pot and, you, you know. But, um, yeah, no, there's that to talk about. A bit later on. Um, but yeah, obviously tonight's show is uh, our, our typical uh, review and preview. So we'll be looking back to last weekend's uh, return to, to winning ways uh, as we travelled to Watford. And then we will be, of course, looking ahead to Sunday's return back to the VBS, uh, where we will take on bottom of the table, Lewis. So... Um, as always, what I'll do is I will run through the results from last weekend um, and the league table. 
because uh, I know everyone enjoys me. I, I, I remember that time I did it in the old the Paul's panel voice that they used to do on uh, BBC on a Saturday. Uh, I feel like I might do that again, bring back old times. I'm sure everyone will be enjoying it. Yeah, I'm, I think we're, you should. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Uh, so on the Friday night, there was that the the early game that was on TV uh, with the penalty that won the game that wasn't a penalty. Um, so that was uh, Lewis Lewis nil, Charlton Athletic one. <laughs> um, I tell everyone to be really excited about this. Uh, and then obviously Sunday's fixtures. So we'll run through the results from that. So there was Dirty Durham nil, Sunderland one, Birmingham City two, Reading one, Blackburn Rovers nil, London City three. Southampton 2, Sheffield United 1, and Watford 0, Crystal Palace 3. So it was, that was that classic, wasn't it? They had all the little peaks and troughs in the, the way it said. So, you know, <laughs> that was pretty good, I have to say. I, I honestly thought I was listening to James Alexander Gordon for a minute. Well, you know, I mean, do you know what? I knew, even I knew what the hell the pools was because it used to throw, it used to throw me off because it'd be like, it'd read out like, you know, Watford nil, Crystal Palace three, a home win. I thought that bloody wasn't a home win. What are you on about? I'm confused. What's going on here? So, <laughs> but I never understood what it was. But I just always remember that that was, and it would go through like about six, seven leagues, and it just, you know, it was. <laughs> but it was always the peaks and troughs. It's a very entertaining way to do it. It was. So, those were the old school red fixtures. Uh, this is what's found at the table. So, top of the table. He's still the only unbeaten team. It's incredible, really. Is Sunderland? They got twenty-one points from nine uh, from nine games. Then in second, uh, you've got Southampton with eighteen points from nine games. Then in third, are Cholton, eighteen points from nine games. Fourth is ourselves. We've got seventeen points from eight games. So obviously, still that game in hand. Fifth are Birmingham. Things a lot rosier for them now. Uh, 14 points from nine games. And then in a, in a massive slump, since, since we went up to Ewood Park and talked to them 4-0, Blackburn have lost every game since. Um, so they are still on 12 points uh, now after nine games. And I think we had won four out of, I think it was like four out of five or something like that when we when we played them. Um, no, or four, yeah, yeah, four out of, Five, yeah, yeah, it's four out of five when we played them, and they, they haven't, they've lost every game since. Uh, and then you've got seventh, uh, London City with 11 points from nine games. Eighth, you've got Durham with 11 points from nine games. Ninth, you've got Sheffield United, 10 points from eight games. Uh, tenth, a Reading, they're finding life difficult this season, uh, as we thought they would do, to be honest. They've got nine points from nine games. And then you've got the relegation places, 11th for Watford, four points from uh, nine games, and then bottom of Lewis with four points from nine games. And they've, they've got a technical goal difference as well. They're both on minus 11 goal difference. Um, in, fact, in fact, it's minus goal difference all the way up to six, so including Blackburn and six, we've got minus six goal difference. So only the top five teams are in the plus. Uh, some of us more than others because... We've got a plus twenty goal difference, <laughs> which is twelve more than the nearest. <laughs> um, Incredible. So I, I, I was saying something the other day that the I don't know about you, Phil, but I feel the table now 
it, it's splitting in two. Um, and although it's kind of close at the moment, because obviously, as I say, you know, tenth, Reading are 10th with, with nine points and, and Blackburn are 6th with 12. So it's fairly close. And then obviously up at the top bit. But I kind of feel that it's kind of dividing now into a top five uh, are, are in their own group. Um you know, with Sunderland, Southampton, Charlton, ourselves, and Birmingham, I kind of think feel like we're kind of breaking away now. And then you've got the next the next cluster: Blackburn, London, Durham, Sheffield, and Reading, who will pick up points, will get results, but not regularly. And then you've got the bottom two, who I mean, they look doomed already. Really, I don't know about yourself, Phil. What you think about the league? But that's how I feel. It's kind of uh, yeah. breaking at the moment. Yeah, I think exactly that. Um... Uh, I think it's it's three minutes. It's three mini leagues already, really. I mean, you've got the top five that looks the, by far the strongest, um, and the key games are when they play each other. Really, it's like a mini league, isn't it, at the top? And then there's that group underneath that are sort of not going to be consistent enough to to get up there and challenge the top five. And unfortunately for the two bottom clubs, they look like the two weakest by quite a way, really. Um, and having watched Watford, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but having watched Watford on Sunday, just can't see it. I can't see them getting enough points. And uh, we've, you know, we've seen Lewis, albeit in the cup, and we should have beaten them really. So when we talk about Lewis again, this, you know, before this this Sunday, again, I can't see them getting the points. They just look, they they do look the two poorest teams by quite a way, unfortunately. If there was only one team going down, it would be quite an intriguing battle between the two of them, really. But it looks like both of them are going to go already. And we're only in November. So, yeah, it's um, that top five quite strong. I mean, any of that top five can beat anyone, really. So um, it's going to be really interesting. And it's actually better for everyone in that top five that there are quite a few teams that can beat each other. Because in the past, you know, we've had a team that's just walked away with, you know, run or taken a long lead and it can't be caught, you know. So it should go really quite close to the end of the season because anyone can beat anyone. I can't see one of those clubs. Um, I mean, there's no way Sunderland go the whole season unbeaten. Absolutely no chance, really, because there are those other clubs that can easily beat them. So it'll be really interesting to see. It's 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 the best, it's the most competitive um, division since we've been promoted into it. I think. I mean, it's incredible. I'm really enjoying it. Um, there's some good teams up there, you know. And uh, Sunderland, how the hell have they gone this far without being beaten? It's incredible, isn't it? I would have had them near the bottom at the beginning of the season. They've done so well. You've got to give that team credit, really, for what they've done. Um, they're, they, they, they're so well organised. Um, and uh, they've just picked up points in every game. Incredible. But yeah, I, I think the league table is now set, isn't it? Five, five teams, five teams, and two teams. Yeah, and if, do you know what? The thing with Sunderland as well is they've. I mean, they've got Blackburn on on the weekend. They, I, can't, I can't see them losing that. Although that's the kind of thing Blackburn do. That that kind of team where you know they're going to actually be the ones, to, the first ones to beat Sunderland. You know, so I wouldn't put it past them. But obviously, the, the run that they're on. But I mean, it's conceivable. You know, there's only two games and we're halfway through the, the season. It's conceivable that they will be halfway through and won't have lost yet. Um, you know, and the fact is, is realistically, we need we, we can all do with Blackburn turning them over, really, on the weekend. Um, because, you know, they've got that three-point gap. It's four over us, so even with our game in hand, we would still be a point behind them. 
I mean, it's still in our hands, you know, long term, because we're still going to play everyone again, including them. But um, yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. And I mean, obviously, Birmingham are pushing. I still think they it won't be them. Uh, I mean, obviously, I, I, you know, I fully expect to eat humble pie at the end of the season or something. But I, I still think I think their problem has been that they've their run of results has got them away from the bottom and into the cluster. But it, they're still seven points adrift. So that's the thing. They've they've closed up on the group, but they've not actually closed up on the top. So um, I think that could end up being um, the, a, a part of playing it. But I mean, you know, who knows? Who knows? I think the one thing that's guaranteed at the moment is the two that are going down. And and as you say, it's been a, it's a, the most competitive this league has ever been. It's fantastic to watch. Um, yet despite that, we still got two like last season, two absolute relegation certainties um, and I think and I mentioned this when I talk when we talk about Watford in a minute in the game I'll, I'll kind of go into what I'm about to say a bit more but I really think that the two spots um, it being the two going down this season obviously say put it's put a cat under pigeons but it's probably done Watford's legs I think this year um, and I actually was thinking about it and I think it could end up being it's a positive for, for the clubs coming up in the sense of obviously the two champions come up, which is how it should be. It's ridiculous that you you know you win your league and then one of your those two teams of the North and South champions doesn't come up. That's just, just madness. So it's great in that sense, but I feel like it could actually um, make it harder because the two then go back down again. That I think it could we could see that gap go where the teams coming up. Are, uh, apart from when it'd be Newcastle, because we know they'll just throw more money at it. But generally, I think, you know, a lot of the time those teams will then struggle to to stay up. And likewise, you'll have two teams go down. And then, I mean, if, if it's the two as it is now, they'd both go into the South, South League. Um, all of a sudden, that, next year, that would be with only one team coming back up, that's going to be incredibly difficult in that league. And one of those two sides are going are to miss out. Whereas if it was one down, they would you know, have a much better chance of coming straight back up again. Um, so just before we start the game, Phil, I don't know if you've any thoughts on just that that element of it that I don't think we've ever, none of us have ever really talked about before. Well, yeah, I mean, usually, you know, if a team goes down, like um, obviously Coventry went down, rebranded as Rugby Borough, um, and they're, they're challenging, you know, they're doing okay, actually, in the division below, but they've got... Um, They've, they've got a couple of teams that are really pushing them. But I think, as you say, with two teams going into the same division, you can only have one of them. Plus, there's other teams that will be strong, you know, um, down there as well. And I think, um, I, yeah, it's going to be interesting. And one of the other teams that's probably in the championship, that sorry, in the Southern Premier, um, they're sort of around the Midlands area, the most northerly, I suppose, of the Southern teams, will have to move into the north. So they'll they'll have a completely different set of games, you know, and that's, it, it's just incredible. Um, so, I mean, that'd be brilliant if you're a bit of a ground hopper, you know, you play in the Southern Southern Premier, uh, the third tier for a season, and then because of the teams going down, you end up pushing into the North, and then you get a completely new set of matches and grounds to go to. I mean, God, that'd well, be I think, a ground I think that would dream. Be, I think that would actually be rugby. I think it would it could be, be. Yeah. I think it was mentioned I, that if it had been... Uh, was it was it Forest that played Watford? 
Yes, Forest. A team from the Southern Division has to go, oh, the Coventry would have gone into the North Division because they were yeah. the closest yeah. between the two. So, but I mean, they're not even top. You know, I think uh, hashtag are top. Hashtag, I think they're, yeah. they're level with like Ipswich and that. So it's yeah. I just suddenly thought the other day, just something kind of occurred to me that you know it's great that the two come up because of as I say, it's the champions. But actually, it could end up making it harder for themselves and, I, and I'll, I'll explain why I think that more a bit in a bit but as we're talking about Watford because it's kind of it was thinking about them that made me think of that point this is where I'll probably play yeah. forget about it now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so right so obviously we, we said we'll go we'll, we'll turn our attention to the game we said um, on the on the pod last week that this was a massive week for us because obviously the previous game, um, we'd lost before the international break. We'd lost to Charlton, three two away. And scoreline wise, you know, you know it was three two, but it was a poor ninety minutes for us. It was the poorest ninety minutes we've played um, this season. And th- there's a lot of there's a few alarm bells. We went into detail about with some of the selection playing out of position and then ignoring it type of thing. Um, but it was a bit more than that because. Like the first half against London City, we'd struggled with well, I mean, a superb second half, and we'd somehow got into an up at half time, but in that game, but you know, it hadn't been great that first half either. And obviously, the Lewis penalty shootout lost that, that second half. And so, there's there a few elements creeping in with performances. So, we said that it was massive this, this week because we got the bottom two back to back Watford away, Lewis at home, and we needed to get back to winning ways because they, they, they're the times when you that vulnerability, because it's the first time we'd lost, actually, like, in, in a 90-minute game. You know, that can... some it, it, You've got to reset yourself again, you know. So, sometimes, actually, when you get that first loss, and this is what could happen to Sunderland, is all of a sudden you get that vulnerability for the first time and you, you struggle for a couple of games. So, you know, it, going to a team like Watford where they're fighting for their lives, it could always be a difficult game. Five ex-Palace players as well. Um, so, potential, you know... Banana skins all over the place there for the old players coming back to haunt you. Um, so we said, you know, massive and crucial week because um, we've got to keep it up with the pack because now everyone's kind of winning up there. Um, so obviously we, were, we went up to Watford. Uh, unfortunately, I was gutted. I, I was working, so I couldn't go, but uh, myself and several of the loyal went. Um, they gave us a good little crowd up there. Uh, plenty of noise. I could, I, I've watched it back on the player. Um... Obviously, there's doubts as to whether it'd even go ahead. So, uh, obviously, the, and that well, the pitch condition. <laughs> I'm sure we'll be mentioning that shortly as well. Um, but it did. As I say, Watford had five players, ex-Palace players in their team. They've 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 been full of ex-Palace for like the last three years. Um, but they had Megan Chandler um, in defence, ex-Palace. Sophie McLean in midfield. Well, the whole midfield was ex-Palace. Sophie McLean, Dre. And Coral, um, and then B was starting up front for them. So you know, five ex Palace players in in their lineup. Um, but for ourselves, so Demi Lambon made her first start in the league. Obviously, her first appearance was, was for us in the County Cup. So uh, yeah, she made her first start in goal. Then you had um, we we got some, we had some injuries. Fliss picked up the injury. Um, a couple of weeks ago against London City, so she missed a Charlton game. She was still out. Uh, but we also were missing Annabelle Blanchard, 
she's got an injury at the moment and um, Kirsten Riley was ill, we believe. So a couple of changes. So Polly Duran was at right back. Uh, Leah Cataldo was at left back, so she got her start this time. Uh, the centre-back pairing is, as always, is uh, Amy Everett, Skipper and Hayley Nolan. Then the midfield, the Chloe Arthur came in for Phil. Phil dropped to the bench. Chloe Arthur got her first start of the season. Um, and Shauna Guyatt came in to replace uh, the injured Annabelle Blanchard. So Sinead Hockcroft was the only, the only one of our regular midfield this season that started. And then up front, it was uh, Moles on the left, as it has been all season, uh, Araya on the right, and then Husey up top. So, you know, coming back, say a few a few key players missing. Obviously, Kirsten's had a great season at right back. Fliss as well at left back. Um, and obviously, Annabelle, you know, her, her creativity. She's that one player who, I say, oh, I keep saying it's like Alzheimer's type player, but that unique player with what she brings to it. But um, So they're, they're big losses to have, but then, you know, you know, Liz deserved a chance to, to play at left back. And, and Shortner, we know she just needs, you know, there's, there's a hell of a talent in Shortner. She just needs that run of game time, which she's now going to get. So so that was our lineup. Um, and Phil, as you were there live and present, uh, as always, I'll hand over to yourself first to give your review of the game. Um, obviously, all the goals scored in the first half, two from Husey and one from one of our own Insurance guy at her uh, first goal for the club. So I had over to you, Phil, and uh, give you some thoughts on the game. Oh, cheers, Mike. Yeah, so, um, yeah, we were waiting around in the morning because we heard the night before from Watford that there's going to be a pitch inspection in the morning. Unhelpfully, though, no one told us what time it was. Um, but we know a Watford fan who said that they usually have to have their pitch inspections between 9.30 and 10. So we thought we'd probably know soon after 10, but at the latest... So we were due to leave at 9.30 um, just to make sure we got there on time, have something to eat and put the flags up, etc. So we put all that back till 10.30. So we were, we, we were sort of hanging around a bit. Um, and we, end, we ended up leaving at about 10 to 11, 11 o'clock-ish, when everyone sort of could get in the right place to be picked up. So um, we, we, we got there actually quite late at 1.15 because it was traffic was dreadful so um uh we pulled the flags up and everything and uh there were some Watford fans in the end where we were we took over one end um well just one standing end and there were some Watford fans and they said um most of them said oh we we just go whatever end we're attacking you know like 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 a lot of lot of clubs do change ends at half time but there was this group of Watford fans who didn't move they they said oh we're not moving we stay we stand here you know and they were standing amongst all our flags they were and it, and and it was they were really funny and it's a really good laugh so it was brilliant actually and then in the second half all the other Watford fans from the other end come and stood with us and it was the banter was hilarious but they were copying our songs so you know when they had a shot that went wide we were singing how wide do you want the goal and then if we had a shot that went wide how wide do you want the goal it was hilarious the banter between the two sets was brilliant so anyway um and I really enjoyed that. I thought that was so. I mean, obviously it helps when you're winning because our banter, you know, we can wind them up a bit more than they can wind us up. But it was still brilliant. I've got a lot of time for those people, and I'm looking forward to them coming to see, you know, coming down to uh, to to Sutton later in the season. So it was a brilliant day for that. The game itself, well, what a start. I mean, I think I, 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 there was a post-match interview with Laura where she said that she was really keen to start strongly in this game. 
And obviously that got through to the players because we were really pushing, we were pressing them high up the pitch. And bit, oh, you mentioned this, Mike, to me separately, but a bit like when a couple of years ago with us, where we were trying to play out from the back when we just couldn't do it against the opposition pushing us. You know, we were making mistakes, giving the ball away, etc. And it's pretty similar. They, that, that's what they were doing. Um, and the first goal was after about three minutes and it was just from a mistake, um, uh, you know, poor clearance or poor pass from the back, I should say. And it was pounced upon um, uh, by Molly, shot from um, uh, Husey, saved by the keeper, sort of half save. Keep, the pitch was really sticky down that end of the of the the goal mouse were, were really difficult it might not have seen seemed like that on the tv but when you're standing behind that goal you could see that it was just mud it was the ball was slipping and sometimes it was getting stuck sometimes it was moving really quickly and the keeper misjudged the ball slipped out of her hands easy little tap in for Husey. great start um and then um we again from a bad pass. We won the ball. Shauna played a lovely little ball down the left to Husey, um, in front of Husey to run on to get a yard on the defender. Put the cross over. Bang! Husey's lethal in the air. As soon as that ball was coming over, I thought, "Here we go. That's a goal." Because I, I know that Husey's so good at the near post. She just gets there first. She's so good at seeing that ball coming in and gets in, gets in, get you know, she's strong in the air. So that was two nil. We played well. I mean. You know, it did help that Watford were trying to play in areas that they shouldn't have done, really. And um, so we, we weren't really under that much pressure most of the time. And we um, dominated sort of... The game was basically played in their half, really, because they just couldn't get out. Um, and uh, the icing on the cake was just... And I was standing next to Chris, Shauna's dad, which, you know, he was just... He couldn't believe it. Um, the icing on the take, cake was Shauna's superb strike. I mean... I thought it was going to hit the bar and come out, but it just seemed to dip at the last minute to hit the underside of the bar, bounce over the line and then bounce up into the net. What a strike. And what I liked about it, having looked at it back, is that the way she created that space for herself because she was there's a couple of players around her. She kept one, she kept the ball on her right and kept kept one away on her left side who couldn't get couldn't get across her to get the ball. And then just as someone was coming from her right, she just hit it. And it was, she hit it. Although she had the ball for a couple of touches, I don't think the goalkeeper would have expected it because she hit it without an awful lot of backlift and sort of, it was a bit of an unexpected shot. So I think she caught the goalkeeper out a little bit with that. And I think that that was what meant the keeper couldn't get there in time. And the power, the power on the shot as well. But what a goal for your first goal for the club that you support. You know, at our end, in front of, with your dad there watching, and she had some friends there, who, she had a friend whose birthday it was as well. So what a day for Shauna. And, you know, having, having captained England under-19s for two matches in the qualifiers the week before, she must be on, she, she must be so happy with how things are going. I mean, she's just been brilliant. And I'm hoping now this gives her a little bit more confidence to shoot more, because I've always thought she's got in positions where she's so unselfish and she tries to pass the ball. And she's really good at seeing that opening to get someone in. And I just hope now that she does shoot more because I think there's, I think there's a lot of goals from Shauna. I think she's got an amazing shot and she gets in positions where she's able to really hurt the opposition. Um, she's brilliant at slipping the ball through to someone. But I'm hoping now that she does have a few more shots as well and get some more goals because she's definitely uh, you know, got it in her. She's got a very powerful shot and... 
And that was a brilliant goal. God, we were just, we were buzzing. And it was just before half time. We went straight to the bar and had a few beers. Just Well, Chris bought everyone a beer to celebrate. So it was just like incredible. It really was. Um, second half was just, um, we should have scored. Or we were really unlucky, but we should have scored really in the first couple of minutes, twice, I think it was. But when Sinead had a shot there at the bar, it was, I think their keeper saved it. And it was a brilliant save. Because that was going right in the top corner, and from about twelve yards, it was just like a brilliant side foot sort of finish from Sinead. And you know that I think they would have crumbled if that had gone in. Because to come out and then get another one straight away, they would have fallen. And I think we would have got five, six, seven, even. But the fact they stayed in the game um, meant meant that um, they had something to sort of cling on to, really. And, and and they played really well in the second half, Watford. I think the fact they didn't go a goal down, they kept getting better as the half went on. And they hit the woodwork twice. One was a brilliant save from uh, Demi to push push a shot onto the bar. And and uh, and and then and she and literally within about ten seconds of Demi going off because she got injured in that incident straight afterwards when someone slid in and kneed her in the face. Um, and then straight after. Demi went off and was, was replaced by Natalia. B had a shot with her left foot that hit the post. So they could they they hit the post twice, apart from the injury in between, within about ten seconds of each other in real time play. So um, it was just like they deserved a goal. You know they played well second half. I thought I thought B was very strong. That old trick of B's where she's going on the outside and then she just quickly cuts in onto her left foot. She did it a few times and she's just it's it's a real it's a really difficult because she can go either either side. It's really difficult to defend against. Um, but I thought B was their best player by a long way. Um, um, Dre was quite tidy in midfield, but she did make a couple of she gave the ball away a couple of times quite easily. Um, Coral was really non-existent for a lot of the game which is incredible possibly our best ever player you know over the over the years and um i thought i thought our midfield dominated it really coral couldn't get on the ball she got booked for a lovely little turn from shauna she got booked for that um when she got turned by shauna and then she was substituted in the second half so um we won't forget how brilliant those players were i mean b and coral have been fantastic and dre they've all been really good for us um, and obviously that wasn't their day and we, we dominated possession for a large part. So it's difficult for them. Um, but we remember how good they were. I thought, I thought B was very good and um, there were glimpses from the other players, but Coral was quiet, um, uh, which is which really surprised me because we know what a fantastic footballer she is. So, yeah, the second half sort of, you know, they, they sort of got back in the game a bit and gave us a bit more of a game, actually, and we defended pretty well. I thought Hayley Nolan was going to go off injured because she went down. She, I mean, she went down and it looked like she'd done her, twisted her ankle or something. Look, it looked really serious. Um, she hobbled off and we were three 0 up and it was just as added time was put up, which was quite long. I think it was nine minutes. Um, and I just thought, you know, even if we have to go down with ten, I couldn't remember how many subs we'd use, but even if we have to go down with ten players, we're three 0 up. You know. Don't risk Hayley. We can't afford Hayley to be injured. And she comes, she's a real, real battler, isn't she? So she comes back on and finishes the game and actually made a couple of really good challenges. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, you know, I, ho I just hope she's not made that injury any worse because it looked really bad at the time. Um, uh, you know, it was a, as a precaution with nine added minutes, 
and I would have taken her off. But anyway, um, I think we did have one more sub because I'm sure someone else came on after that. And I was expecting Hayley to go off and she stayed on. Um, but I just hope she's not injured because if, if she is, it's because she came back on and she shouldn't have done. Um, it looked like a really bad injury at the time. We were thinking, oh, no, here we go, because we just we need Hayley and Amy in the middle. They're so good. So um, some really standout performances. Amy was amazing again at the back, so in control, so calm. She's just been brilliant this season. Really gutted she didn't win Player of the Week. She deserved it, I think. She's, she's, it was like almost faultless, you know. She just she strolls through the game. She reminds me of um, Bobby Moore, you know. She's... She just reads the game, strolls through it. It's just like, no, nothing's any hassle to Amy. She's just outstanding. She was brilliant. Obviously, Shauna scored a fantastic goal and was really tidy. She passes the ball so quickly forwards. It it gets us going and puts the other team on the back foot. I've never, we've never had a player who gets the ball and releases it so quickly to someone as Shauna does. She very rarely, unless she can't see something on, or or it's a crowded midfield, she very rarely touches the ball more than more than twice. She'll control it, touch it to one side, have a look and pass it. And usually they're forward passes. It's so important and it really puts us on the front foot. And so I thought Shauna played really well. And then Hughesy, two more goals. How many? She going to score like twenty goals in a season? She could, couldn't she? I mean. You can't stop her. She's so good. You know, give her a chance and she'll generally bury it. She did miss one that she should have done better with, actually. Another one where the ball was given away and then uh, she lofted it over the bar. But she, um, she's so good. I mean, gosh, if we, we haven't really... If we, if we lose Hughes, I hope we don't, but if we lose Hughesy or any of our central defenders, that's, those are the areas where we really haven't got anyone to come in to replace those players. Um, in the same in the same quality, or without moving people around and weakening other parts of the team. So I just hope we can we we can keep everyone fit. But it was a really strong performance. We came out the blocks fast and deserved to be winning at half time, um, and could have gone four 0 up in the second half. And then it was just a game that we just had to manage, and we managed it pretty well, really. Um, and so it was a really enjoyable day. Great three points. We score so many goals, don't we? Another three plus 20 goal difference already. I mean, good grief. Never known anything like it. So, um, yeah, I mean, you've watched it on the um, on the FA player, Mike. Is there anything I've said that you think I don't think I didn't see it that way? Or do you think that's generally what you saw as well? Uh, no, I think generally the, the only thing I'd say is I don't think Watford were as in it in the second half as much as you do. Um, I, I just think that it's one of those where yeah, you see it again. We've seen it a lot with Palace. Where do you, like, do you remember the like we, we, only, we lost four 0 to Liverpool? Um, you know we were we were you know we were three 0 down really early, four 0 down not long into the second half. I think, but second half we looked reasonably in the game. Um, but that was because they'd eased off a little bit. Because they were so far ahead, um, and I kind of think that really. Because I remember before I'd seen the game, I knew from you that about them hitting the woodwork. And I was thinking, oh, you know, you said they hit the woodwork twice. I'm thinking, oh, blimey, they must have had a bit of a push second half. And actually, then I saw it, and it happened as you say. You know, effectively in the space of ten seconds, and that really was probably their only. They had a couple of minutes. They had like a four minute spell then, um, but other than that, it was. Um, Three 0 I think if they'd have scored, it'd be one of those where we'd be looking at it going, "Have we considered? You know, another, we've wasted another clean sheet here." Um, more than 
you know they deserve to get some get a goal out of the game. I, I didn't really feel that. That's not meant to be disrespectful to Watford. It was just how the game was. I mean, watching it, I thought the the pitch. Obviously, you know, as you say, they had a pitch inspection with all the heavy rain we'd had, and and you could see it. I mean, it was the pitch was poor for both teams. That's not just trying to be like, oh, you know, with the pitch for us. You know, it was for both teams. It, it, the ball barely bounced. It, it would hit the grass, and then if it got higher than your ankle bone, be, you know, it was it was lucky. Um, and you could see with every movement, it bobbled and bobbled. So for both teams, I mean, we, our under Laura, we 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 pass and move and play. You know, we, we're we're trying to keep that ball moving quickly between the forwards, move, work it up the pitch. It's hard to do on that kind of service. And for Watford as well, you know, for the players that they got, that it wouldn't have been easy for either team to to try and play their natural game. And I think you could see that at times uh, where there's like loose plays in the middle of the park and stuff like that where um, the, the pitch probably didn't help. But, you know, as we, we've as we've done a few times this season, we scored early, which we never used to do, ever. We'd normally be, you know, not even scoring half the time. But, you know, we scored early against Sunderland. Uh, we scored early against Blackburn. Oh, a little bit, I suppose, 14th minute. But I'm talking like within the first 20 minutes. We, we've done that several times this season. And, and it's massive because you've got to set the tone. That's what we didn't do at Charlton was we we we, struggled, we started off, struggled and went behind three times. You know, so we were always chasing the game. But um, our, our strength is that we can get ourselves a goal early and and yeah, Watford. It was, they, as I said to you, and you've, you've you've mentioned it, but Watford reminded me of us for several seasons, where we're trying to play the football, we're trying to play out the back, we just didn't have the players to do it, and so we were constantly putting ourselves under pressure, and we would panic and pass and give the ball away on the edge of our box or a full pass to nobody because the pressure's on, and and Watford did that a lot, you know, and they they would be. And like scrutinising that after the game because you say the first goal, um, I mean, it was given away to Moles. Moles plays through Husey. And you say Husey has the. Sh- it went down as an assist to Moles, but uh, it's not, unfortunately, because Husey actually has a shot and the keeper kind of gets a hand on it and it comes back to Husey and then she scores. Um, but, uh, you know, we then had, as you say, we had another chance at 1 0 where she really Husey should have scored. And it's like a carbon copy. But they gave the ball straight to Moles again. She cuts down, passes into Husey. Husey hits it first time and blasts it over the bar. Um, and then again, it's you know they give the ball away and, and the ball's played out to Moles. She crosses it in and Husey beautiful header and it's it's two nil. And they Watford created a lot of their own problems and they that first half they didn't adjust to it. And again, that's what we were doing. We 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 were highlighting it for, for months at Palace and got criticised got criticised for highlighting it and told we were wrong and but it was happening every every game. You could see we constantly put ourselves under pressure and uh, and that was what was happening and that they they not their their goalkeeper clearances and stuff at times, but they just weren't getting them themselves out of of trouble and sometimes when you you just need to give yourself a bit of a respite. Do you know what I mean? Like where, you know, you have a bit of the ball and get off the defensive, that's again. This is what Palace has done for years. Is our defense is constantly was you know was constantly under pressure because 
We didn't react the forward players to necessarily cause the damage, uh, put the other team under pressure, and our midfield was getting overrun. So we we were then conceding goals all the time because the defence couldn't really settle. Um, and it kind of felt like that for Watford, that they just, for for parts, large parts of that game, they were they were putting themselves under pressure. I mean, they had a, they had a couple of moments. Um, B got put through, which was offside. Uh, and they had another one where someone got into the box and had a shot, but it was a tame shot straight at Demi in the end. Um, other than that, I mean, Watford just didn't really offer anything the first half, and it, we did control it. Um, but it was one of those, it was one nil phrase, and all of a sudden, I, I remember I was literally, because I was working, and I was, keeping, I was keeping an eye on it on Twitter, and Watford's Twitter was two minutes ahead of the Palace one, so I found out everything via Watford's Twitter first. And I remember... I refreshed it, and it was 1-0, and it was like the 41st minute or whatever. And then I remember I literally left it a couple of minutes, and I refreshed it again, and, it, and it's like the Watford come up says, 3-0, Sean sure guy And I was like, first of all, I was celebrating it was Sean, and then I was like, hey, when was it 2-0? You know, <laughs> because I hadn't seen that one yet. Um, but that, that was the thing. We, <laughs> you know, that, that was massive. We get, Getting those two, because... You're going at 1-0, and we saw it at Sunderland. We saw it with Lewis, Lewis in the Cup. We, we scored our goal in the second half. But 1-0 is always so dangerous because for Watford, you know, if it, the longer it stays at 1-0, the more they're going to feel they've got a chance of nicking something out of the game and they'll get more confident. Because if you get to 70, 75 minutes and it's 1-0, they're going to be looking at it thinking, we'll get, we can get something out of this. You know, Palace retire. And, that. and that's what happened at Sunderland. We dominated the ball for an hour. Uh, and then we tired. We didn't use our bench to to sort it out. And then Sunderland dominated the last half an hour and equalised. You know, and so to get those, not just one, but two before half time and put it at 3 0, I mean, it just killed Botford off. Um, and it, we did, you know, we did it with London City where it was 1 all, and then Sinead scores that, that cracker of a goal right on half time when really we were thinking, you know, we're getting a 1 0, we're, we're bloody lucky here. And we've gone in 2 1 up. And I think that really knocked the stuffing out of London City. And then, you know, minutes into the second half, we're free one up with the free kick. And um, so it's, it's, it's goals in key moments. Um, and I thought, yeah, I thought we were, we were much, much better. So we weren't like pounding the goal, but we were so much better uh, compared to the, the, the Charlton performance. Um, and in the second half, as you say, Sinead should have scored. Well, I was saying Sinead should have scored. She had a great chance to score. Hits the underside of the bar, bounces down. I mean, if we're losing the law of Sheffield United against us last season at Hayes Lane, then it's a goal because they just made up that Sheffield United went in. So, so I'm doing the same thing there with ours. But it was one of those, yeah, great strike. I'm not sure if the keeper did get a hand or not. I couldn't, can't really, it's hard to do the, you don't get the replays when it's just the, the, the game and it hasn't been live originally. Um, but that was great play again, Moles. I mean, Moles had so much space down that wing. I mean, yeah. half, half the time, she was getting set up and put through by the Watford players. She, you know, she must have been thinking, "What is, you know, it's, you know, this is like Christmas coming along." Do you know what I mean? It's it's mad. It's um because Array wasn't really in the game much because it just didn't. We didn't do much down their right hand side. Everything was down the left because there's just so much space there, and it was a great play from her. And she cuts in, beats the player, lays it on, lays it on a plate to Sinead, who hits it sweetly, and you know. Nine times out of ten, that's top corner. Um, and as you say, I, I agree with you. If you've got the four nil, I think it ends up being six or seven. 
Um, just because that's what we've done this season. We've we found, let's say, Durham, London City, Blackburn, they they got to a point where they then crumbled, just they, they lost it mentally, whatever, you know, and, and then we just take advantage in like a lethal spell. I mean, you know, so, but yeah, other than that, I have to say Watford, they had, uh, they had that, those, those well, they hit the, it was a great save by Demi onto the bar. Um, and then they hit the post a moment later. But other than that, I thought, you know, I forgot Coral was playing. And I hate saying that because I see what Coral's done for us, but I, I forgot she was playing until about two minutes before she got subbed off. Um, she just wasn't. But I suppose what we're used to seeing her do for us, even in, you know, what hasn't been necessarily been our best teams, just didn't happen at all. You know, uh, she just could not get into the game. Um, and I thought B was their only outlet, really. I thought when because when Coral came off and Poppy Wilson came on, and I think she Poppy pepped up. Just if I had to say that she she gave him a bit of a, a boost. I think I think she. Was a bit more um, lively, got them more involved in the middle. So, in that sense, we we were easing off a little bit. Three nil. Uh, once we start making subs as well, well, this is what we've done a lot this season. Our, our subs aren't necessarily know, kicking us on. They're kind of when in games where we're we're in a strong position, it kind of the game starts to peter after that because we're making the changes and we just yeah it just kind of disrupts the flow, I suppose. But I thought uh, Poppy came on and, and gave what for a bit more impetus, but it, it, there's no real end to it. You know, it was, they might, they were a bit more in our half, but there weren't, you know, Natalia wasn't under tons of pressure. Um, and as I say, really, B was their, their only outlet. Everything that they did went through her. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, for me, I, I was I was really pleased. Obviously, Sibs came on ninety fourth minute as well. Superb to see her back out because we we had no idea, did we? Obviously, when she got that injury last season, after she started so so well, she's you know what, what a player, and then to to do her ACL and be out, and we knew her contract was up in the summer, and we had no idea whether we'd see her again, and so to not only have kept her, but you know for her to be back and getting some minutes on the pitch. Absolutely, absolutely superb, and um, it was just a really, a really good, solid performance. And I think the thing with us is, I mean, I'm going on a bit here, but where, we, when, where we are strong, when we can get it going, is our high press, because we do it twofold. Because as I say, when we we try and play with the, we've got you know the forward three and the midfield three, but they play interwoven and close together and there's a lot of people feeling for each other and movement around um, and we, we pass move pass move look for the pass move pass move and it's hard like when we when we played Sunderland that first hour Sunderland couldn't deal with it they couldn't get near it Blackburn struggled with it you know um, a lot of teams <coughs> excuse me sorry find it difficult because we're moving the ball so quickly that you can't they're not really able to adjust um, then on the flip side was when the opposition has the ball, we're pressing them really high up the pitch, and a lot of teams have found that difficult because as as, as we've done for years, when any team's done it to us, um, we we we've you know it, it's hard to get yourself going and get the, relieve the pressure off yourself because we're constantly putting them under pressure, getting the ball back off them, forcing them to to lose the ball, that kind of thing. The thing we have is, I mean, at Charlton we we 
Charlton did to us effectively. We we couldn't get the high press going, but we couldn't get anything going against Charlton. Um, and their pace just killed us. They, I wouldn't even say they. I mean, they they pressed in the in the middle a bit, but they were just killing us with pace. Um, but yeah, what Watford just couldn't deal with it. The only thing is we, it tight. You can't, you can't do it for ninety minutes. It's impossible. Even we remember a couple of seasons ago under Vieira with, with Cody Gallagher and the high press we did there. And that was what was bringing us success. And then last season, we we didn't have it anymore with Gallagher and he, he tried to play the same way without the people to do it. And funny enough, it, it, it struggled. Um, but you can't sustain it for 90 minutes because the amount of energy it takes to do so. Um, and I think the thing for us is at the moment, it's at times how we can then see out that final, manage that final 20 minutes or, or normally half an hour because... Normally, you know, you're looking at like eight, eight to ten minutes added on most games these days. The second half, um, but it's we need that bench to be able to freshen it up a bit. So you take off Sinead, for example, and you bring someone on, and and we're just we're keeping up that high press, and it, it hasn't necessarily happened at the moment. Um, I don't know whether sometimes it's because they say a lot of the games we've, we've been falling up. Six one up, nine one up, you know, nine nil up as opposed to most of that game, you know, three nil up. So the the urgency isn't there as much. Um, but I think it has played a part as well the fact that a lot of our bench are players who are coming back from long term injuries, so aren't fully fit yet, and are still trying to manage that. And obviously, you, know, you have Paige at the World Cup, so she's a bit behind in the fitness. You know, and then you've had players with, you know. Leah's had a lot of uh, small injuries through the through the summer and the start of the season and and a couple of others. So I, I wonder whether that's played a part in it or not. Um, but if, when we can get that game going, and it, it's what we need to do against Lewis on on Sunday, um, that's where we're we're really really strong. And I, I thought it was you know really good performance. Um, it's really really important to win. You know, three points, three goals, clean sheet, two keepers as well. You know, to lose your keeper for injury during it and have to make the change. You know, you come out, as you say, the gold mouth. You could see it when Demi was down injured. It was just a bog, um, which obviously would have been the same for Watford in the first half. And But, you know, you've, we've gone there. We've got the three points. Um, and it was a good performance as well. That was the thing. It wasn't like it was a, a poor performance. We scraped it. It was a decent performance. And with key players missing... So that should give us the confidence to push, you know, to, to push on this weekend and, and and go and do it again. Absolutely, and I think um, credit to the players that came in actually because we did we did you know it was a really important game. If we didn't win that, we would have been falling behind. Um, even with that game in hand, it would have been difficult. And so we've got to just keep the pressure on. Um, and I think the players that came in, you know, Leah especially and Shauna, um, and, and actually Chloe Arthur, first half, was very, very tidy. Um, <clears throat> so we actually had some players that um, came in and stepped up and and uh, and really helped us when we needed it because um, we did have key players missing. I mean, I understand Kirst. Kirsty was it was ill, but we know that we understand at least that we, she's been playing with an injury anyway. Um, so um, hoping that have, maybe that having that week off 
um, because because she was unwell. Maybe that will help with the other side of things with her injury. She's got um, a toe injury, I think. So, I mean that um, that that the way everyone stepped in and, and played so well um, really was 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 brilliant, and it would be good for their confidence as well. Um, uh, I think Chloe's Chloe Arthur. She's I think she struggled for fitness, and and it's difficult as well because she's come on a lot of times. Um, for Philbs after about 70 minutes very difficult to get into a game each time you come on like that everyone else is up to the pace of the game and it takes time to get into it in, into the game so I think that's been difficult for her starting the game and actually I thought she played really well Chloe um, and I think that's the best I've seen her play for a long long time that will really help with her confidence so that was good Demi of course starting um, looked very very safe and solid uh, made that amazing save onto the bar Really unfortunate that she got injured just after that. And um, so I'm hoping she's OK as well, because um, that was a nasty bang to the face. And then, um, yeah, I mean, you know, and then we had Lexi coming on. I mean, I just think we've got and, and obviously Sibs was just amazing for her to come. And we gave we started singing the song, you know, um, uh, uh, Isabella Sibley uh, song. And it was um brilliant to see her come on and 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 uh i think generally everyone can come away from that game really pleased with their performance and um the you know the the, the best moment for me of course was shauna scoring it was an incredible goal and um she was just you know you can imagine i mean i, I would have loved to be a fly on the wall in their house on sunday night i mean a they must have just been ecstatic, you know. What a what a fantastic! I mean, that's got to, got to be a, have a chance of goal of the season, surely. It just went like a bullet right into the top corner. It was incredible. So yeah, really good, a really enjoyable um, day out, and a great performance. Um, bounced back from that Charlton defeat really well, and um, we've now got um, we've now got to just keep it going and keep the pressure on going into the winter break over Christmas. We need to be right up there. Um, still haven't heard anything about that Sheffield United game. I think it's likely to be next year now, maybe when, if we're both out the cup or something in one weekend, there'll be a weekend when we could play it then. But um, that could actually be a really, I mean, if they if they don't play that till towards the end of the season, that could be an absolutely massive game, that Sheffield United replayed game. Um, so yeah, it's all it's so good. I mean, I'm enjoying this season more than any other for lots of reasons. I just think it's been amazing. The goal of the year this year is going to be impossible because <laughs> so normally we 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 score like scrappy goals and this and this season I mean there'd be about eight eight candidates for it. Honestly, I think to to pick the goal of the season when we come to do the end of the season review, oh, I mean we're going to we have to pick the top seven <laughs> or something like that because because there's just so many already. Um, it's it's just mad. It's just absolutely mad because it's got some absolute absolute beauties. And the bad thing is, the best one of all probably didn't happen, which was Kirsten uh, against Durham, where she absolutely yeah. rifled that one and it hit the bar and went out. Yeah, that could have been right at the top of the list. I you mean, know, when you think about Shauna's goal or Raya's goal, and then Annabelle st- scored two screamers, the free sh- kick and then sh- one. Sinead's against London City. Sinead, yeah. And then obviously Holly against uh, um, Holly in that, um, when she scored with her left foot, smashed it into the roof of the net. I mean, I mean Hayley. Hayley, God, what am I talking about? Yeah, sorry, Hayley. I, I won't Hayley mention Nolan. earlier on that you said Husey crossed to Husey to free Husey to score. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting old. I'm getting old. And the old, uh, 
the memories go in and the words come out wrong. Oh God. But yeah, it was um yeah, Hayley Nolan scored a cracker as well. So, yep. so many. We're not you know, we're not it's incredible because we're not even halfway through the season yet. I mean, what have we got to come? It's so exciting to to think that we've got all these matches still to come where if we can carry this on, it's it's just gonna it's just gonna be incredible. And we still hopefully, hopefully we can help the squad out a bit because we have had a lot of players playing a lot of minutes. Hopefully we can help the squad out a bit with some other players coming back to give rests and stuff because I think if you know I would really hope Lucy Watson can get fit because I know how good she is. But um, she was back training with Chelsea, I understand, last week or not training, having treatment. Um, but I saw photos on the Palace Twitter that suggested they had a photo of Lucy Watson training at Palace. Now I don't know how old that is. That could be from three weeks ago when she wasn't injured. I don't know, but it's I just if it's absolute if it's a if it's a recent photo from this week, then she's back in training at Palace, which is great news. But it's just difficult to tell because they they put a picture of Annabelle up, didn't they? And we knew that yeah. Annabelle was training. So I think they might be using some of the old photos from previous weeks, and it gives you the idea. It gives the impression that somebody's training and fit when actually we you know we knew Annabelle wasn't going to be fit for that game and and there was a photo the day before of Annabelle <laughs> like we can't wait till the you know mat, match day minus one or something and I'm thinking I don't think Annabelle's going to be playing um so yeah I think um I think it's going to be really a really great um second half of the season to come as well oh my god we've just been spoiled this year haven't we really with the goals so many cracking goals I've got a feeling, I need to look at it, I've got a feeling we've already levelled our record amount of goals scored. And I might be wrong on that, but I think it's possible that we're on like 28 goals scored or something. Good grief. Um I think that's possibly our high, already our joint highest ever. I mean, Hughes is on nine in the league, ten in in total. We've never had a player get the double figures. Oh, she never told like B did. She did, she did in that, that, that season she got 14. Uh, yeah, but how many of how many of those were? I think she only got eight in the league, though. Four or twelve. Yeah, she I got think... eight in the league, and then she got she might be is either four or six in the cup. Yeah. Um, but the so uh, probably our top league goal scorer already in the season, isn't she? Oh yes, no, she is. Yeah, she she now has the record for the most amount of league goals. And most of these, you got Annabelle on seven. Crazy. You know, so uh, I mean, they will. I mean, Moles is close to becoming. Uh, I mean, well, Hughes is going to beat her to it now, but we'll be, we'll, the the record of the most amount of goals scored since promotion, which B has held for a little while, that's going this season. It was on, it was close to it at the start anyway. But Moles or Hughesy will be breaking it first. They both, I think, they'll both break it this season. Hughesy for sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, that'll, that'll be getting broken. So there's a lot of uh, records going this year. Um, just a couple of things I want to mention. The um, you said about Shauna, I felt. For me, I, I think I've said it before. It, I think I felt she needed to just get that goal out of the way because you said about her about not being selfish and stuff, and you're right. But there's a, thing, a couple of times as well where, like, she had some chances at the VBS and that where normally, even her dad said that normally she's she's just hitting it, but she's taken a touch too many or made a pass or not connected with it properly. And I think I I I always got the impression that there's that. That moment, you know, being a Palace fan, still young, in front of the own home crowd, down our end and everything like that. And it's kind of like the rush of blood type thing where, um, you know, finally going to get that first goal. And I felt she needed to get that out of the way. So then to just be able to, you know, is that, that's done now, crack on type thing. So hopefully 
um, we will see that. And it's the run of games, isn't it? We've said before that because there's so few games in the season, it's really hard for players who have picked up a knock to miss out on a couple of games or, you know, you, you started as a sub at the beginning of the season. It's hard to get going because a lot of the time you're relying on either terrible form or someone being injured to get into the starting lineup. Otherwise, you just make your subs appearances. And, and as you said, so, sometimes, you know, some subs have massive impacts, but there's plenty of times where you just can't do anything, especially in certain positions. In, in a 20 minute spell, you're just not really going to be able to do much. And then after a while, it just looks like you're not really doing anything over, over the games. But, um, you know, we, Sean had, had the, the the ankle injury last season and um, that took her out for a while. And then when she came back in the run-in, the, the lineup was settled and was the same lineup every week and it's just impossible for her to get in. Um, but now, obviously, now with Annabelle being out for a little bit, she's going to get a run of games to, to kind of, you know, improve herself, you know, prove herself, show what she can do and, and just keep learning, really. Um. You know, so it's yeah, it's it was that that's going to be a good experience for her, and as I say, it, it's a great opportunity. Um, and the other thing I want to say, and I have remembered to say it, the what I said earlier about the, the the two up two down thing, and um, it possibly actually like the two relegation spots coming in this season uh, has possibly done Watford's legs, and that's because every previous season it's been one team down, so. Obviously, last year, Coventry was so horrendous that no one else, no matter how pants you were, had to worry about it because Coventry were just so far behind. But the previous season, when Watford went down, when despite having the Coventry having the 10-point deduction, they went out to the final day in that, that, that game. and um, you, you know, we, you only had to be better than one team. And if you're a team that's come up, so like Watford, you know, they, they went down for a season, won the league last year, won the playoff, and then, you know, they come back up and you've got to be looking at it and, you know, normally you'd be thinking, we've well, got to be better than one team, which is doable when, you know, if you can't, because there is a, a gulf in the squads. If you haven't got the, the the finances there to do it and, you know, the draw of who the players you get in and stuff like that. There is, and, and they signed several London City players. Um, but the, you know, if it was one going down, they'd have a, a real fighting chance of staying up this season because there are players there that you can see that can um, get those points because you, you, you'd be looking at it and you're thinking, well, you know, if you can get 14, 15, 16 points, then you, it, it'd be enough. But because the two go down, I think it's just giving them no chance at all because, they're, you know, they, they may well end up being able to be better than Lewis, but they've then got to be better than yet another team. And, and I, I think it's going to be really, really hard. And I think that'll be the same for whoever comes up next season. So maybe not Newcastle because they will just throw the cash at it. And they are, they are unfortunately because of the sports washing and everything, they are the draw now, aren't they? So there'll be a lot of people who will look at it and go, wow, I want to be a part of that. Um, so I can see them, you know, getting some big, big name players next season. But for whoever comes out from the South, you know, at the moment, at the moment, it'd be hashtag and stuff. I think they will find it very difficult because the gulf that is is getting bigger between the divisions, um, and now all of a sudden, you know, there's the two spots going to go down. It's 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 incredibly hard. I think I think it, it's made it a lot lot harder for 
those teams to kind of find their way to claw above that one that one spot. Uh, which is where we were. That first season up, I mean, no one went down in the end, but us and Millwall were terrible. Um, but thankfully, we were slightly less terrible than Millwall were. We finished like a point ahead of them. Um, yeah. But now, that would be, you'd be, would be gone. You know, and that's what I mean. Uh, if what I'm saying makes sense, like, I think the, while they, the benefit is that is now there that, you, you know, both champions go up. I think actually, there's that flip side of it that it it could also be a hindrance because it's every it means they're more likely to go back down again, um, and I think that's what's that's that's what's done Watford's legacy because if they come up last year they'd end up staying up probably. Obviously, I know they were down last year, like, but you know what I mean. Like if it if if it's that same scenario of the one team going down, if it's one yeah. going down this year, I think they'd have a good chance of staying up, a fighting chance. But um, as I say, them and Lewis look look dead and bad already. Yeah, they do. And um, I think, you know, um, yeah, I agree with everything you've said. I think that um, what we really need, though, and I know it's a completely new, different topic, but we need to cover, we can cover, you know, a whole pod on its own. But we desperately need to see 16 teams in the top two divisions each because that makes it more competitive. It really does, especially in the, in the WSL, because at the moment, I mean, I know Bristol City won at the weekend, but they struggled in every game this season. and They, they, they won our league, went up, and they just looked like the worst team there. The fact that they went to West Ham and won gives them a real chance. Um, I think West Ham are pretty awful, though. But um, uh, it, it gives everyone more of a chance of staying up and better competition if there's 16 teams, you might get, especially with teams going up in the first few seasons, you might get some big results. You might get the odd seven or eight nil. Um, but you can get that anyway. I think today, Man United beat Everton seven nil in the cup. You know, Everton are a Super League team. So it can happen anyway in any game. Um, so I think, um, I, I mean, my view is that you've got to have 16 teams. It makes it more competitive at both ends of the, of the table, which gives everyone a chance. And you might get, Team weak, some weaker teams in the in the divisions that you might, as I say, get those really high scoring games. But overall, it's, it will improve the standard and it will make it more competitive. That's what they've got to do. They've got to increase. They, they've got to get rid of the Conti Cup, and um, they've got to increase the you know because one of the things that the top teams are going to say is there's too many games. Can't play the Conti Cup, the league, the Champions League, or whatever. They're even talking about having a Europa League for women. So even teams below the top three will be in Europe, you know, in the Super League. They're all moaning about too many games and that's why so many players are getting injured, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So we've got to get rid of the Conti Cup probably. But ultimately, you know, can you imagine if there were 16 teams there today with one even if it meant one up and the, and the, and two to five in the playoffs It'd just be an incredible season, wouldn't it? Um, so, um, and maybe, you know, the two teams at the bottom, there'd be more teams in that group. I mean, at the moment, they, they're adrift by five points already, the bottom two. I mean, the, the, you know, it, it would just make the whole league, top and bottom, more competitive. That's got to be the way forward. But whether or not it's going to happen in the next year or two, I don't know. But it's got to. Um, for the sake of the game, really, of women's football. 12 teams in a league is ridiculous. It wouldn't happen in any men's league at all, anywhere in the world. So it's got, you know, you've got to make it competitive. Um, so, yeah, anyway, that's completely different off off topic. But, yeah, I agree with you that they, the two teams at the bottom are likely to go down. And actually, if only one of them was, it'd be quite intriguing to see what happens between the two of them. But 
they both look doomed already, really. Um, and, and having seen both of them play live, I think they are the two worst teams, uh, to be honest, by quite, by quite some way as well. Yeah, no, you're right. You're and it is. It, it's not really one a topic for for now, just because there's so much you can talk about it. But you, you are right. We've said it before. It does need more teams. It would make it more competitive. And in fact, it, it's kind. You know, it really is. You look at it at the moment, and you look how tight it is at the top. Ourselves, Sunderland, Southampton, um, Charlton, Birmingham. You know the way. You know, and four of those teams are going to miss out. You know, in in the end, and not even the playoff. You know, it just. That that'd be so. I've said it before. The last couple of seasons, you looked at what the playoffs would have been. Would have been some incredible games at the end of the season. So no, you, you're 100 percent right. Um, it does need changing, and fingers crossed that will happen. Um, there's a couple of things I want to quickly mention, and then we just we, we need to move on to the looking ahead to Sunday. Uh, first of all, obviously, just to congratulate Amy, our skipper. She became only the sixth player to join the 50 club. On Sunday, that's uh, 50 appearances for Palace in all competitions since promotion in 2018. Um, so, uh, fantastic congratulations to her. The trophy is in order. It's supposed to be turning up tomorrow. Typical, I'll be at work. So, <laughs> I'm waiting for them to get, hopefully be able to give some instructions where to put the blooming parcel. But hopefully, we'll be given the trophy on Sunday. Um, so, huge congratulations to her. And with her age and everything, you know, and that is... There's every chance that she could be the, the leading the way for the first Centurions club. You never know. Um, so, yeah, huge congratulations to her. Uh, obviously, Lewis on Sunday is the VBS. The following week, Southampton come to town, but we're at Selhurst. Uh, they've announced tonight that it's a record crowd. I mean, it's record sales. There's a, there's a, there's a difference, and I've, I only say this because there's a big thing about the rest. The wrestling that I went to at Wembley in the, in the summer, there's people arguing for ages over the announced attendance and the the, the amount of sold tickets. It set a record and stuff like that. But you know, we've sold from what tickets sold. It's on course to be a record attendance, so it's going to be over two thousand. Um, and fingers crossed, obviously everyone turns up. But um, and it will be. Um, so if you haven't got tickets for that yet. Please do. Please get your tickets while it's it's cheaper to buy them in advance than it is in the day. Um, you know, let's let's get this this crowd as big as we possibly can. It's going to be over two k. Wouldn't be lovely if we get over three k. Um, get down there. It's going to be a massive game as well against the Saints. They're going to bring a decent crowd. Um, and we 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 own one after last season, so uh, please get down for that. Um, and the only other thing, just because you know, I haven't moaned for an hour. Uh, <laughs> The uh, <laughs> it wasn't until it was uh, you highlighted it in our in our little group earlier. The the goal the, the Palace goal of the month this is it's just pissed me off. <laughs> well, we we've said before I've said loads of times so I, I feel unfortunately that in the bulk of in the general Palace fan base there isn't the appetite for women's football that we wish there was and that there should be, um, and compared to other fan bases, don't know why. It doesn't make any sense to me, but that's how it feels. Um, and I just feel this kind of epitomises it because Jordan and I, so obviously the club now, they've done it for the last couple of seasons, which is good. The Golden Month will include, it used to always be just just the senior team. And I think they learned from when you'd have a month, we had a cut, every now and then we'd have a month when we were, we didn't score. And it's that joke of, well, there's no goal of the month because there ain't a goal. 
Uh, <laughs> it's just, just ridiculous. So they, they, they include goals from the under-18s, from the under-23s, and for the women, which is how it should be. It's a club goal of the month, um, which I think that, I think, is a great thing. The, men, the senior, men's senior team scored one goal in the whole of October, right at the end, on the last on the last game of it, and that was only because we played like the bloody night before November or something. Like that. But you know, we we scored one goal, which was Jordan Ayew, which was a decent strike. Don't get me wrong, you know, good ball into the box, chest it, volleys it. It was a good strike. The only bloody goal the men scored. Now you had some of the academy players' goals in there. We had two. You had Annabelle's superb free kick from a tight angle. Wasn't it, you know, we're talking about at the side of the box, not like on the edge of the box, but forward on, on the side of the box. And she draws it in top corner. And then you've got Araya's absolute thumper, which I think is probably going to end up, at the moment, if you voted it now, would probably get the women's goal of the season. With what the, with the, the, the thunderbolt that she's hit from nearly the halfway line against Charlton and, and smashed off the bar and in. Both of those goals, I mean, it's my opinion... People may disagree, but both those goals were better than Jordan Ayew's goal. But Jordan Ayew won the vote with 48% of the vote. And Araya came second with 21%. I mean, what the bloody hell? People just... They, they, they literally, unfortunately, I, I, I tweeted on the, underneath it saying it, it, it shows... what our, It just shows what our fan base is like. Because... There's people who, and someone commented in it saying, well, there weren't any other options. And I replied to him saying, yeah, there were. There was, there was two goals for the women's side alone that were better than it. But people have just gone, oh, well, that's the men's senior goal, so I'll, I'm voting for that one. And it, it just annoys me because it's such a closed-off, ridiculous mindset that if it's not the men's senior team, it ain't football. I don't get it. Because then you people constantly crow about oh, the academy games and oh you know like the international cup last season and blah you know this is great they go off on about it but when it comes to the women's team they just look at it like oh that ain't football and it just pisses me off really really annoys me um and and, and it just I, I, I don't i don't get why people would would keep being like that because in the day if you voted purely on the, the, the quality of the goal Array is winning that all day long for me. Um, and I, I, for 48% of the vote, it just, honestly, it, it just... And that's kind of why I like... Obviously, I want our crowd to grow. Um, but I kind of... There's part of me that really hopes that a chunk of it comes from creating its own fan base that, by being at the VBS, because there are some people... Hashtag HF who I just, I don't want to come into the women's, because they, they've never given a crap. You know, they've, they had no interest. They don't, they look down on it. I don't want them to start jumping on a bandwagon. But I just, it just annoys me that that is the mindset, unfortunately, of of our fan base, that they can, they voted for the one goal because it was the men's senior goal over what was actually the better goals. That's my rant. Well, there's no doubt in my mind as well that Araya should have won that, and I voted for her. Um, she got, she got one in five of the votes, which is ridiculous given the quality of the goal, but it's a step forward in, to me because 
just having just having those goals every month when those goals are on there, Palace fans are seeing. Even even though they might not be watching the highlights of the women's games on which are on the on the website as well every week, they are seeing the, the Palace the quality of the Palace women, and I think eventually it will start getting through to people, and it will be normal. And it will be like, all oh, right, OK, let's look at all these goals equally. Because at the moment, as you say, I don't think they are looking at them equally. They're, they're thinking, oh, well, that's women's football. So that's not going to be as good. Even though it's a cracking goal, that's not going to be as good as that goal because of the, because that's in a men's game. I don't, I don't take that view at all, but I think some people might. And I think that will start changing. And I think one of the good things to come out of all of this is that People, when they are voting, if they are watching all the goals, they will at least see the quality, which they might not have seen in otherwise. Um, and I think eventually they will start thinking, oh, actually, there's quite a few great goals being scored by the women's team. I might go down and watch them or I'm going to take a little bit more interest, you know. And I think eventually it will it will change the view, the mindset. But at the moment, you're right. I mean, I've, I feel the same as you. There just isn't the same appetite. I think there's lots of reasons. We've talked about it before, you know, going to two games in a weekend. You know, we've got two home games this week, home to Everton for the men, home on Sunday for the women, going to Lewis. So it's difficult sometimes if people have got families and stuff to go to both games. And I can understand that. I really can. I really understand it. But... There are times when the men aren't playing or they're playing away and there's you know there's only a few tickets available that weekend where we're still not getting the, the, the I mean what we're getting around 600 maybe at Sutton I mean what we really need is we need to be hitting a thousand all the time that's well, really where we should the, be it's around, it's around late seven late 700s 800s at Sutton at the moment okay that's it's... better than that's better than Bromley then so that's an improvement yeah oh yeah I mean we're getting there I think we're getting there yeah it's time better. The last I think yeah, it is. Yeah, I think we're getting there slowly, and I think it will keep going in that direction. But we really do need more people down at Sutton. And the thing is, once people go, most of the time I think they come back because it's so good. It is so good. It's a brilliant day out. The football's amazing. You know, we're winning games, we're scoring goals. Um, the, the facilities there are good. Um, I just think you know there might be a some people that it's more difficult to get to than before. But if if you really want to go to a football match, you just if it takes you an extra half an hour to get there, you're still going to do it, aren't you? That won't be a deter deterrent, I don't think. And I think um I think we will start seeing that increase, but it just seems to be slower at Palace than other clubs. Although to be fair, I don't think Charlton support's great. Um no, this is worse. Yeah, yeah. So, but I do but think, the, yeah, we, it's taking longer than I thought after the Euros win. I thought there'd be a big influx of interest in watching women's football. Um, but there isn't the same, it's not as, it's not turned out that way. But I do think it is moving in the right direction. And, I, and what I like about the, 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 the goal of the month is that we're showing off the women how good they are in those clips of goals. And eventually, it will get through to people. But I think, you know, I don't know what the total number of votes will say. It's a thousand, you know. Um, twenty percent. You know, it's still two hundred. It's still two hundred votes out of a thousand voted for Araya. I know she should have won. We all know that uh, it was the best goal it's four, there. It's four hundred and eighty votes voted for the one bloody. <laughs> yeah, I know. Do you know, I know. But yeah, I know. But what can you do about that? I mean, the fact is that she still came second with a with a with a one in five of the vote, which I think is a step forward in a way. It's not the outcome that we all think we all know it should have been. Um, but uh, it's, it's, 
I think we're moving in the right direction, albeit very, very slowly, to be honest. But um, and the club's communications since we've got the new since Shannon's joined has been brilliant as well. We've had much more um, social media output, interviews, um, training clips. It's just a massive improvement. All of that will help as well. Let's let's face it, we've not really had that for years, and so we're so far behind other clubs in the in in sort of selling ourselves, I suppose, selling what we what what, what we're about, um, and um, the main club. Web, uh, in uh, uh, Twitter X or whatever it's called, <laughs> Twitter account. If they can start sort of, you know, re reposting those um, as well, a bit more frequently, I think that will help as well. Um, but uh, also, I have to say, it still comes from the top to me, and I still haven't seen Steve Paris down at, at watching a women's game. I'd love to see him down there. Um, that that itself would be great if he could. If there's a photo of him at a women's game. That that's coming from the top, you know, and that's so important in any business or work area of work. The the leadership comes from the top, and, and it it's really it's I, I feel really sad that he that we haven't had more from Steve on that, you know. I mean, he's, there's, a he's photo, there's a photo of him at the game. It's been it's been edited. It's been it's been him cut out of another picture and and, and superimposed onto a picture of the game. Tell you. Uh, I just want him to. I, I, I want him to go to the game. I want him to almost do an interview afterwards of how great it is. I, that's what we want. We need it to come from him, you know, as much as anyone. If you come to the game and then you come over with the microphone and then tell us he loves us like he did the HF in the last. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know, I know, but I just, mean, just, Grace, just Grace, Grace, Grace should do it as well. <laughs> Yeah, I think small oh, steps. I think getting him there in the first place, small steps, Mike. Uh, you know, um, but I do think that it needs to come from the top. That message. It, to be fair, in his program notes for the for the men's program, there have been a lot of mentions of the women from Steve, which is great. But it needs to be more than that. You know, we need to see him there, and we need him to. He pretty, he pretty comment. Don't write him. Well. Written by Susanna Reid or something like that. <laughs> oh, I don't know, but I just think that's really important to me that we need we need that leadership. You know, um, he could have come and he could have come and stood in the in the terrace of us on our in our stand during Durham, joined in a bit of dirty Durham and you know, <laughs> real, never play that. Could give them some beef. Could have been writing for us. <laughs> But, uh, oh dear, I know, yeah. I know. Just, yeah. just one other thing. I know you were going to mention this. Just one other thing that I wanted to say was the the FA Cup prize money being announced today has been doubled. Is a huge, huge thing, and I think it's it's a it's something that's been just going to preempt massive more ma massive investment in um, the league structure as well. Um, I think it's like a starting point for. Um, more money coming into the game and better quality players, better quality facilities, better all all around improvements. I think it starts with this, and I think to double it. I know it's only six million, which against the men is nothing, but it's massive. You get a million pounds um, if you win the FA Cup, I think, or maybe even more than that. But it's huge. It's a huge change, and um, I'm I'm surprised that they haven't increased some of the money in the earlier rounds more because it's, that's not really it's, it's from round three onwards. But it's a real incentive for those teams in the in the in the lower part of the pyramid to get a good cut run, and they will have life changing amounts of money. 
you know, um, if you get through round three, it's like significantly higher than it was. And it will be massively important to those teams that in, in the divisions below if they can get a good cup run going. But for, for the other teams, I know you're going to get the Super League teams in the semi-finals and final almost certainly. That's where the big money is. But I do think that um, it's a real step forward because we need to have investment in women's football so that we can get the grassroots and all the players coming through and the better training and and everything like that. So the extra money in the game is going to be huge. And what an incentive to have a cup run, you know, because Palace could get like 100 and something thousand quid, you know, which would be huge. It's a huge amount of money, really, for women's football that we've never had before. So but I do think that it's it's going to be, um, it's preempting what's going to happen in the league. And I think there's going to be better TV deal, better sponsorship, more money, that will that will allow teams to bring in better players, mainly from abroad, unfortunately. But even so, until we get our players coming through more frequently, um, better players coming in, better it's going to be an all-round improvement, and then it will escalate from that. Once you've got the best players in the world playing in your league, the money increases, the investment, the advertising, TV revenue, it all goes up, and it's just it's just a ripple effect. It keeps going. That's what's happened with the Premier League, and. Um, and and that's what they need to do. They need to make it, the WSL needs 16 teams and it needs to be, be the best women's league in the world. Then we'll get all the best players from America and everywhere else. And it'll just, it'll just keep escalating in that way and get better and better, more investment. And then we'll be untouchable. And that's, that's what, that's what, and we, and Palace need to be a part of that. And I'm sure we will be actually, because if you had to list the top 16 teams in the country at the moment, we are in there, you know, we're, we're one of those. So I do think there's a real, I don't think it's just about the money now. I think it, what it what it's saying about how people how the investment in women's football is going to grow. I think that's this is the first step of it, really. Um, what did you, what did you make of that? Did you think it did you think it was? Am I getting a bit overexcited over nothing, or is it a good thing? No, I, I, I mentioned briefly enough. I'm mindful of the time, but it's one of those where I mean, it was out of the blue because there hadn't really been any murmurings of it happening. No, um, so. But it, it's it's one of those because it's because the numbers in terms of the men's game it, 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 it sounds like pittance, doesn't it? And that's ridiculous to say, but but as you say in the in the women's game at the moment, especially below the WSL, it's, it's money that will make a hell of a big difference because it's money that the clubs did not have before. That you we've, we've said times we've, countless times before that there's hardly any revenue to come in because you don't get many big attendances. And even when you do the ticket, there's normally tickets given out for free. The cost of tickets in a women's game is so much less than men's, so you're not making loads of money on that end of it. Sponsorships so much lower and not no far more non-existent than it is in the men's side. And and then you get you know hardly anyone can win anything, and there's no real prize money for anything. So it, it's you know, there's no prize money for probably wearing the county cup. I mean, they don't even promote their own blood, continental tyres. They don't even promote their own cup, for goodness sake. There's no, no. There's no coverage of the games or anything. So you can't watch those games. I think you said maybe on the player, but, you know, there's no, not even any, any form of televised game um, and stuff like that. So there's, it, it makes a difference. But let me just say, you know what, I'm having really problems with my eyes tonight. Uh, so the, the difference, so last year, and last year it had gone up, obviously, after the campaign, which you, you and I were a part of. Um, yeah. You know, after the campaign, no ifs, no buts, we want an equal FA Cup. You know, it got raised last year. 
So last year, for winning in the third round, which we did, we got £10,000. And Watford, who we beat, got 2500 This year, if we win in the third round, we get 35000 and the losing club gets nine. So that's an extra. Tw- so if we win again this year, that's twenty five thousand more than we made last year. We then lost in the in the fourth round, and in the fourth round, losing club gets three thousand seven hundred and fifty. The winning club gets got fifteen thousand. So if if we win just the third round game this year we would get more than what we'd have got for winning the, the third and the fourth round last year. You know, and then you go on. So if you win in the fourth round, you get 54,000. Fifth round, you get 80,000. Quarter final, you get 90,000. Semi-final, you get 160,000. Final, you get 430,000. The winner of it last year got 100,000. So the winning team gets an extra 330000 The bugger is, is that feeding money to one of the same bloody free teams that was already yeah. far ahead of anybody when you get to yeah. that end of it. That's probably the only thing. Um, and as I say, potentially, if you get some championship clubs go on a, you know, have, a, have a good cup run, again, that's where you can end up getting the increasing those, those levels between our tier and, and tier three a bit more. Um, but the, the jump is great and it, it needs it it needs to stop because at the end of the day I'm fed up when you get I remember the argument was coming out about it in the first place last year people are going oh well the men you know they, they earn that money because of you know the way they play and blah 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 and this and that they draw more and it's, that's because that, that scenario has been set up for them they've had years of being the only type the only football because it wasn't because women's football was banned in this country and then they've had all the advances and then when women's football was back they weren't given any of it, and all that stuff's still given to them. Like it's the money's just thrown at them. So it, it's you know it, it's about time that it starts getting put into the, the women's side of it as well, and just make it as strong as you possibly can. You know, so it's it's, it's a big step forward in it, and and hopefully, as you say, it's the fact that it's happened again um, out of the blue is is a great bonus. Hopefully. As you say, I, I think the leagues will change. I think they will increase. Obviously, Steve Parrish and his panel take over running the top two tiers in the summer. Uh, and I think they will push for changes. Um, even Emma Hayes came out and said recently, didn't she, that it's it needs to yes. be 16, te- 16 teams in the, in the WSL. So um, I'm hoping the top two tiers do go to 16 teams. Playoffs come in, more ups and downs. Um as you say, the TV deal would be up. Hopefully, it would be a better TV deal. Include some of the championship as well. Because that's the thing. That's what Sky worked out with the the Football League, with the men's side of it, is, you know, the you're, if you give more coverage to the Football League, it's putting money into that and more importance into those leagues. Even, cause, you know, even like, like League 1 and League 2 get games, especially during international breaks and stuff like that. I mean, because like Scott, uh, BT have got the the National League, prim, you know, uh, Premier. But by by they're making those those leagues more important, and they're giving them more funding. So then, when those teams come up to the Premier League, they're actually strengthening that league. So they've improved it all the way through because the more coverage they're given lower down, the more important they're making everything. And that would be the same if you start giving the Championship a bit of coverage. You know, just 
a, a few games, you know, they better than that, the, the program that exists at the moment with the comedians because, you know, it just, it's, it reminds me of the old championship. Do you remember the old championship highlights where it was on ITV at like one o'clock in the morning and it was literally just, here are the goals from all the games. No one analysed anything. And it's kind of like that. There's not really any substance to it. But, you know, a bit of a better re- highlight show. Have a few games on. Um, cause you, you know, if you're at the start of this season because of the World Cup, if, if Sky had had the championship, you could have had a couple of games each week for the first three weeks on Sky um, because there's no WSL yet. So, if they start covering it with their TV deal, that will make that league, it'll give them a bit more money, but it'll start making that more important. And you start knowing who these teams are and who these players are from that league. So, you know, when they then come up to the WSL, like we knew who Missy Bo Kearns was, but a lot of people, if you only watch WSL, ain't going to have a Scooby-Doo, you know. And But now, if with that more coverage, you would do. So, um, I definitely think those changes are coming. Uh, right, so gone on. Uh, <laughs> mindful of the time. So, yeah, Sunday, Lewis come to town. Uh, obviously, we did, we did a typical Palace thing in the Conte Cup, one up, conceded in the 95th minute, and then proceeded to do the world's worst penalty shootout and somehow lost the game in a group that we should be winning and qualifying for the quarter final. Uh, we're now in a bit of a harder position. This is the other league. Again, it's the same thing that we've Watford, as we had with Watford. Is there are always the potential red herrings, aren't they? Because Lewis are fighting. Um, really, you know, they 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 lost to a, la- a late, like eightieth minute, eighty-eighth minute penalty to Charlton, and it wasn't a penalty either. So, um, you know that they, they, they are a difficult team, but that's at home. Uh, away, I mean, coming to the VBS is at the moment. It's not easy for anybody. You know, and and you, you teams are going to be looking at it and think you're looking at how many goals you scored there and stuff like that, and you know they're they're not going to be looking forward to it. Um, so the interesting game, obviously, they've sold their soul for five million. Uh, they had that the vote, didn't they? Because obviously, Lewis men and women, their, their Equality SC was their nickname. They um, owned by the fans. You know, anyone could buy. Uh, into the ownership of the club, and then this consortium's come forward that I believe it's any Luco's involved in, isn't she? Um, yeah, who, who who wanted to basically invest in just the women's team? Um, it's about five million they're going to put into it, and they would own fifty one percent. So all the the fan owners would only own forty nine percent. So basically, be redundant uh, in terms of actually having any power. Um, and it got put to a vote, and I think the vote won by like sixty four percent or something like that. So, um, but there are I know there's not I think uh, not even half the actual owners of the at the club voted. I'd imagine there'd be a lot of the men's fans who didn't care. Um, I'll be honest with you, um, and I know there's some some of the owners have come out and said that that's them done now with the club, like because of the outcome of it and. Uh, I've got my views on it. I think they're wrong. I think it's great that for the first time is the women's team is getting the investment and not the men's team. I, I, I love that aspect of it. But they've positioned themselves. As, it's like the Jordan Henderson positioned himself as the spokesperson for the LGBT community. And, you know, he was the, the, the champion of it and all that. And then goes for the money, you know, ridiculous money that sets his family up for life. I can understand it from that point of view, but 
he goes for the money to Saudi Arabia and in turn doing so has turned his back on those people and I kind of feel like you know that's what's happened here is you know they've always crowed Lewis they've always really crowed about you know the equality and everything at that club and they do things differently and the fan run fan run owned and this and the other and the first chance they've got for a bit of money they've they've sold out what they're, they're everything that they've based themselves on to go for it and the reality is at the moment five million I mean when you cover when you think of all the cost and everything how much that would even actually cover especially if it's probably going to be in the the the, the tier three next year who even knows but that's the scenario there so that's that they've had that going on um but it's not gonna be an easy game uh but i, I don't know how you feel about it phil i feel it, it depends what version of us kind of turns up a little bit it, i could see it either being one of those games where it's like tight one all jobby because you know every now and then we kind of bring those out or we'll go and hammer them and we get like five or six it's a really difficult one to call. What I have noticed, though, is that in nine games this season, Lewis has scored three goals. Two of them were against Watford. So in the other eight games, they scored one goal. That's seven games without scoring. I mean, but that's where they're... That's what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, in my prediction, I've got them to score because, yeah, just that's just so, always yeah. the way it is. Yeah. But I, 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 I think three goals in nine games and two of them against the other team at the bottom tells you all, all about... Lewis and they're, what they're struggling to do is score goals. But they've only let in 14 in nine, so that's just over one a game. Um, and there's, you know, when you think about that, I mean, I think there's one, two, three. So they're they're not, you know, they're not one of the teams that let, they, have, they don't let that many goals in, really. You know, 14, when you consider they've lost seven out of nine, and they've only they've only conceded 14 goals. You'd expect it to be higher if they're if they're not you know if they're not winning or drawing games. So, I think um, I, th- I I I I think it's not going to be easy because they don't let that many goals in per game. And also, what we've got to do is just make sure we get the first goal because if we get the first goal, they've only scored three all season. You can't really see them doing much, can you? So, I, I think it's really important how we start. If we start like we did against Watford, I think we'll be fine. If we struggle and they get the and they they sneak a goal somehow, that 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 will give them something to to hang on to. I think it will make make it a much more difficult game than it should be. Um, but we should be far too strong for them. I mean, we really should. A team the team that's only scored three goals in nine games should not be giving a team that scored twenty eight goals in nine games any problems. I mean, it's you know, but I've seen it before where a team at the bottom's beating a team at the top. So. It's a game of football. At the end of the day, anything can happen, you know. So, but I think we'll be... My prediction, Mike, because I know we're running out of time. My prediction is 3-1 to Palace. Fusey again will score, I think. I'm going for Shauna to get another one. I think she's going to have a little run now. Um, and uh, I think Sinead will score as well. So, I'm going for Sinead, Shauna and Husey. 3-1 to Palace. Oh, this is sound creepy in a second. Uh, I mean, you just, listed all the reasons, <laughs> you just listed all the reasons why Palace will probably lose. Because it's been the most palace thing now, to, you know, <laughs> yeah. all those all those reasons why we shouldn't do would be why we would. Oh, um, I, I, know. I really feel like because we've been, you know, we were there in the obviously it was away, but in the cup, and we were winding up, didn't finish them off. Well, we should have been free up at half time. We're nil nil, but didn't finish them off, and we paid the price. So I don't think one nil would do it, but I think if we get two nil up, 
I think we will put them to the sword. You know, and that is the thing. And it's, I I just feel like we, we've got a way. I mean, we're not going to have Annabelle again, but I think we've, we've got a way this season where we make, we've made teams mentally collapse. And even if it's for like a 20 minute spell, but in that 20 minute spell, we've then obliterated them. It's what, that's what happened to London City. They were a better team first half, went in 2 1 down with a late goal, came out the second half. We we got on the front foot, scored early on 3 1, and then they absolutely collapsed. And all of a sudden, it was 6 1 about 10 minutes later. And we could have gone on and got more, but we kind of eased off, you know, and we did it with, we, we, you know, Durham, that second half. I mean, I mean, obviously, we were coasting at half time, but that second half, they absolutely capitulated. Um, and Blackburn, once we got to 2 0, we, we kept saying it, get that second goal. It would, have, it would have been the same at Sunderland, I think. If we'd have got a second at Sunderland, it'd have been the same. But once we got to 2 0 at Blackburn, they had nothing and they it went, suddenly went to 4 0. You know, so I, I feel like we've got this way that we, because we can suddenly turn it on and, and we're scoring every, every shot. So I kind of think if we get 2 0 up. We could really damage it, but I, I've gone four one. So, uh, and I, I had Hughesy to score two, and I also think Shauna gets her first at home, and I had Shana. He does my other one as well, but I think Hughesy gets two. And that's incredible, and isn't it? That we had yeah. the same goal scorers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. We 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 both had three one last week against. So we scored three goals against Watford, so we were pretty close last week. Yeah, um, let's let's hope we. There was like one goal out and about three different results. Yeah, yeah. Let's hope we're right again this week because uh, three one or four one, I'll take either of those at the moment. I'd so like, I'd like a, I want a clean sheet again. I want clean sheets now. So yeah. you know, I, I just I think it's important to. I mean, it's, it's the best defensive, best we've been defensively ever in this league. So, um, but yet we had seven clean sheets last season, and we've got two this season. So um, I think it's important that we keep, you know. We, we haven't been conceding many. Um, I mean, Charlton, I think Charlton the first team to score more than one goal against us. So, um, but I think it's important, you know, start getting a cut, get some shut out. I mean, Sunderland are picking them up left, right and centre. And, you know, you don't concede, you don't lose. Uh, I think it's just important. It just builds that confidence um, and that mindset defensively at the back. So, uh, I'm, you know, I actually kind of hope I'm wrong because I hope we get a clean sheet. I hope we score like 10 goals because that bloody band. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the know, band. Just, I wonder band if they'll be there. there. Shove that trumpet somewhere. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, I hope we absolutely flip and stuff them. Um, not that I'm a bit about that game at Lewis, but hey-ho. So, yeah. So, right, so that, that's we're pretty much on the same page there. Um, really important because then, then they'll take us into the Southampton game and back-to-back wins and you know, that's a massive game, that is. But we'll be talking about that next week. So we will be back next week. Um, and we'll be reviewing, hopefully, uh, a win. Hopefully a thumping win uh, over Lewis. But a win, you know, not that's the most important thing. Uh, and then we'll be previewing the return to Selhurst Park as we take on Southampton. So please join us then. Uh, I'm going to wrap things up, Phil, because I say mindful of the time. Uh, yes. Anything you'd like to add before we, we finish? No, not at all. Really enjoyed it again. Thanks, Mike, for hosting. Oh, it's a pleasure. Cheers for coming on and uh, doing it with me. Um, so let's go back to those dark days and the odd occasion where I've, I've done it on my own and 
that's just been depressing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, hope, well, hopefully it's been because we, we we do have a tendency to talk about other stuff as well and um, waffle um, on. So uh, hopefully it's been enjoyable listening to everyone. Um, if you've listened live, uh, as always, thanks. If you have listened live, if, if you listen to the replay on Twitter, or if you listen to us on Spotify. Uh, as always, we are free to subscribe to and listen to on Spotify, and you get notified every time uh, the latest pod drops on there. So please do. Um, the more we can, more voices, more voices. The more, the more people we can reach, the better, because it, it's all about pushing the promoting the women's team and, and the game and um, get more people involved. So please be a part of it. It is awesome to be a part of. So with that said, uh, thanks very much, Phil. Cheers, Mike. And come on, you palace.